0: Welcome to Extra Credits. Mugga, what are we talking about today?
1: So just want to thank the cast that we have from episode one. coming back. Erica, um, Jason, um, Kerwin, you, Alan, and Jose. Uh, I thought it was a good one. Got the same uh, crew back. So um, just getting into episode two, like I said, prior to episode one, when we started, um, this didn't do as well as viewers, but it's kind of right up there. I'm noticing a trend because they've released six already. They're declining little by little. But I read an article that ESPN is totally happy with what they're getting. Um, I guess this is completely blown away like any other documentary. The only one that came close was the one on Bo Jackson. And this is like 10 times the viewer. So, I mean, I know we're in a pandemic. That might help out the numbers. But um, just getting right into it, I want to say so far out of the ones I've seen, this might be my favorite episode. I know it's called episode two, but I think it's safe to call this the Pippin episode. What do you guys think? Of course. Attack
2: of the crowd. I mean,
1: and, and so it, it starts off right away with uh, Pippin at that interview. Um, they must have just won the championship in the 97 season. And I don't know if they're talking about him or something about him getting paid. Um, he keeps kind of implying his time will come. And uh, uh, he is going to the ring ceremony, obviously not in a uniform, which I didn't know at the time. We do find out that it is uh, an injury and we'll get to all that. But you kind of get his perspective. He kind of has like – a line of like hey this is Phil's last year we understood that they were dismantling the team and he says this quote I wonder how you guys feel that they were basically being relieved of their duties after this year what do you guys think about that
0: I mean I mean let's look at it this way like they they know they're being kind of kicked to the curb you know what I'm saying like that's essentially what's happening like these guys are still good you know Erica said it last episode who knows what could have happened going into 99 or 2000 I mean, shit, even 2001, if you want to be optimistic, like, if you're being relieved of your duties, like, you're you're essentially being kicked to the curb.
1: I mean, they're the defending champions, and it's very well known that, hey, we are going to be breaking you guys up. It's just kind of weird to me. I don't know.
2: I would have kept them together, but that's just me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, because usually when teams like this exist, um, usually the like you go into the season thinking okay this person's contract is up and maybe it's going to be too expensive or this person you know is on the decline we're going to have to find a replacement for that person but that's not the case with these bulls with these bulls it's just like you guys are you know you guys are still playing at peak level you know you're you're on the latter half of your careers but you guys are still like number one contenders without question right. and there there is nothing about Oh, we might have to move some pieces. It was an outright choice to just say, uh, we're done. We're done with you guys. Yeah.
3: So yeah. I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, imagine how many total points MJ would have had in his career if he would have kept playing at least another four or five years. And yeah, he came back, but when he came back, he was already what, 36, 37? And
1: it was with the wigs. crazy. Yeah. So let's get into something that I did not, I mean, Jason asked a question. What is something that you guys found out about this story that the documentary showed? I think uh, Jerry Krause, sorry, was one. I did not know how underpaid Pippen was. So throwing out some statistics, it does show on the screen right after that. Um, He was second in scoring, second in rebounds, second in minutes on the Bulls. However, first in assists and steals on the Bulls team. However, he was the sixth highest paid person on the Bulls team at the time and 122nd in the NBA. Holy fuck, that is ridiculous.
0: Yeah.
2: That's like how females get paid now, so.
1: I, I, I mean, <laughs> and, and we'll get into his his contract coming up. Um, but then it does have Jordan saying two quotes about him that I really want to bring up. Jordan brings up, whenever they speak of Michael Jordan, they should also say Scottie Pippen, which I think Agreed. is great. But he also said, I mean, I won six championships, but I won none of them without Scottie Pippen. I, I think that's really cool that he's still able to say that. It kind of like, I, I don't know. Hey Mugs, because um, ego's not getting in there.
0: Yeah, Mugs. Like, um, actually, I actually wrote some of this down, but um, I want to give you the the three seasons the Bulls had before Scottie Pippen arrived, and then the three seasons they had after Scottie Pippen arrived. So, 1984-85, 1984-1985, the Bulls' record was 38 and 44. In 1985 to 86, the Bulls' record was 30 and 52. In 1986 to 87, this is the year they drafted Scotty. He wasn't a player yet. They were 40 and 42. So after they draft Scotty in 1987 in the 87-88 season, they go 50 and 32 and it's the first time they made it to the second round of the
1: playoffs. It's significant difference. Yeah,
0: in we're 1988 huge. in 1988 and 1989, they went 47 and 35 and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lost oh, to the Pistons. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah and then 1989-90, yeah. when Phil Jackson shows up, this is Scottie Pippen's third year with the franchise, they go 55-27, and 27, and they took it to game seven against the Pistons. Like, Man. that's how much of a difference, like, this guy made.
1: Yeah. So, it, it does then go into a timeline of Scottie Pippen's childhood. Um, he, he talks about how his dad had a stroke and was paralyzed, yeah. basically, in a wheelchair. And then, to talk, I don't know if it was six years prior or six years after, but then his brother was paralyzed. I think it was before his dad I was. Think I think it was before. prior. Yeah, but his brother was paralyzed in a PE class. I think in like, just like a wrestling like situation. And so he kind of grew up with people who had to take care of him. It was hard. And I think he described that this was like his, I guess, encouragement to get out of the house and use basketball just to find a way of something else I mean I I thought that was kind of interesting it it does show how dedicated this guy was to like not only basketball but just being in shape I mean we'll get into that I think coming up but but uh I I think it transitions right to like when he went to school does anyone did he get a scholarship at this school I think he wasn't one at first right he went to the University of Central Arkansas and I don't think Um, he offered a scholarship right
2: I don't think he did I was under the impression that some guys fell off, and so their scholarships became available. Right. And then he started asking, like, can I have that scholarship? Can I have that scholarship?
1: It's it's yeah. just crazy to me because he's – I mean, arguably he's in the Hall of Fame, one of the best basketball players of all time. But the guy wasn't even getting me a scholarship. Um, but uh I think that the season after he was then given – after a guy went down, he uh, uh I think not only excelled, but, like, I think grew, what, five or six inches – between the yes. of that season. And they just said he was being well-known as one of the best players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah, sorry, in the, in the, in the college level. But um, let's get into when he was drafted. He was actually drafted fifth by the Sonics. Um, and then it shows him in that interview that they had traded him. He had no idea, which I thought was kind of cool. But Kraus really kind of did his homework and wanted him and was able to make the trade to move up to actually get him. Because otherwise, if he wouldn't have made it, they couldn't have got him, obviously. Which I thought that was one of those things that we talked about last episode how Kraus kind of was a big part in this whole machine of getting it working. And you
4: know what else he did too? And I, I looked that up on that draft, the 10th pick, they picked up Horace Grant that year too.
1: Yeah. Oh, he did a
4: good job on the draft and that definitely set them up for, uh, for those future title runs. And And he made that
3: Oakley trade as well.
1: That's good. Yeah. So bad. He's
2: still a rat bastard.
1: (laughs) So it, it shows him interacting with the players and his mindset. He thought he was one of the best in the world. And he describes when I got to the team, I realized I wasn't the top dog anymore. And almost like he's identifying, I know what my role is. My point that I'm trying to get at with his childhood, him at, this guy is very, very humble. And I had no idea about it. I kind of give him more respect than I've ever thought. I, I'd always thought it was the the Robin to Batman, Jordan, all that. But this guy was a humble guy. And I think like, if you don't have Pippen, it's very clear this all doesn't work. I mean, what do you guys think? No, I agree.
2: Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I agree with you being super humble because that's the whole reason why he signed that contract, that $18 million for how many years? I forgot. Um,
1: so I, I got all that. that. That's what it immediately goes into next. So yeah, let me quickly like, go into the contract. He signed a, in 91, okay, uh-huh. a seven-year contract for $18 million, which I would love to have $18 million, but for what he's worth and what he was doing, it's very clear, very transparent that he's significantly underpaid, right? Well, underpaid. yeah, but
2: he signed that deal because, like you said, going back to him being super humble, he did that to ensure he, that he could help his family.
1: Yeah. And, and did he you guys said hear, he Didn't want to gamble with it.
3: Did you guys yeah. hear the owner? He sounded like an ass. He said the owner holding, said I
1: advised him not to. I called BS. Yeah. On him.
3: No, he, yeah. he told. Yeah, he told him, don't come back to me. He's like, after you do this, don't come back to me. I'm like, really? This yeah. guy's going to win you championships. You're going to tell him not to come back and renegotiate?
1: Well, let's also get into, in 91, I don't think the league was nearly as big as it was in 98. They said that Bird and the Magic rivalry saved the NBA but when Jordan came in, he took it in nationally. You know what I mean? It was, they were getting sponsors. There was money now. So contracts were rising, but Jerry Krause was like, look it, you already signed this. It was a long-term contract. Don't come at me with trying to get out of it. Like, you signed the contract kind of like being a dick. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I know we talked about it last episode, but.
3: But doesn't he have someone there? Isn't there someone that's going to sit down like an agent or something and say, Hey, we should hold out just for more money or anything. Like, I just feel like. He was just a naive kid. And he went in there, he's like, I got to do this. And I need to support my
2: family. He just signs this shit. And it's like,
3: I don't know, I just feel like there would be someone else in that room with them with the
2: contract signing. Yeah, like an attorney or agent or something. I think he was, I think he was, he
0: was looking at, um, he was looking at it long term, but he was looking at it the wrong way. Like, I think, you know, his mindset, and I believe he says this in the episode was that, like you said, I think Muggs, you said it, he doesn't want to risk anything happening to where he has a, a non-guaranteed short-term contract. And then um, that financial kind of you know, safety net that he's created for his family is gone. And yeah. I think what his priority was uh, creating income for himself securely long-term, but he went about it the wrong way. And I, think, and I think you're absolutely right, Jay. Like If he had a better agent or somebody there negotiating for him, um, he probably could have got something better but we, all, we also still got to take into account that, yeah, you know, the league wasn't as big. Salaries weren't ballooning as, as large as they have, you know, over the mid-90s when the NBA really took off internationally and became like a, a major thing in sports culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a sucky situation where yeah. you didn't have the foresight or somebody who you were associated with didn't have the foresight to maybe get you a better deal.
3: Yeah. yeah and the owner he was getting a great deal, so he said, okay, let's do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the owner, yeah. the owner fucked him over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean,
4: even after, cause that was before what the 92 Olympics. Yeah. So they, yeah. they even blew up right after that. And, you know, he was an Olympic gold medalist. I mean, that kind of couldn't see it. So it just so, was crazy. Uh, and Let's one more on. thing,
0: one more okay. thing though, one more thing, like also take into account that the two seasons that Jordan was gone or the one and a half seasons or whatever that Jordan was gone, Um, Scottie Pippen is like one of the best players in the NBA period because Jordan's not there and they still decided not to give him a better contract.
1: Allen, didn't they go to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Knicks, right? I thought it was against the Knicks. So let's get into the big controversy though. He had a ruptured tenant towards the Mm -hmm. end of the 97 season. He elected to have surgery at the beginning of like preseason. He could have done it all summer. He says, I didn't want to ruin my summer. I think he knew where they stood. As far as management, and he's like, "I'm not. You're not going to pay me. You're not going to. So I'm going to do what's best for me." He decided to do the surgery right before the season. Personally, I, I I I think it's okay. I mean, I wouldn't be offended by it. I know Jordan actually talks about he thought Scotty was in the wrong, but I mean, you're not in his shoes, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah. So and I think the
4: tipping point and the tipping point was when Phil told him that, "Hey, this is the last dance. This is the last year. So it's kind of like." Why give your all to a team that is gonna pretty much say no to you next year? So
1: yeah. So Kerwin got into it. If you look at he brought in the seasons prior to Scotty Pippen and then post Scotty Pippen the three, just them starting, they went four and four. So very clear that they needed him. Um Phil actually talked about him being upset, Scotty did what he did, but it then kind of transitions to Jordan showing him why he's Michael Jordan. Like, he knew, hey, I'm the guy on the team. I got to motivate what I got. And I don't know, I was very, very intrigued on how Jordan starts challenging the other players, like Tony Kukoc, other people, like, in practice, man, just calling people out. Like, I I, I was like, wow, this is why this guy was – I mean, you don't get that kind of, like, access to someone in the practice, you know? And it's like, you really see him being, like, the captain, the guy, you know? I I, I thought it was cool.
2: And Michael Jordan's a perfectionist, so – That's something I feel like you would expect from that, like his type of personality, you know what I mean? Just calling everyone out for fucking up and whatnot. But did he do that in college or was this just like a MBA thing?
1: I, I think it was NBA from what I got. I mean, there was no access crew going through his North Carolina table. Yeah. <laughs> well, but
2: I mean, like, he's always had a competitive nature, but I just don't know if that's, like, a thing that he's just walking around North Carolina screaming no. at people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> that you say his competitive nature because it does that whole timeline transition then right after that um, and goes to 1967 where I think it really shows where Jordan got his competitiveness. And he kind of gives yeah. a lot of credit to his brothers – I think especially Larry, I think, was one mm-hmm. that he really credited to. I think Larry is older than him. Am I right on that? Yes. I think so. Yeah, so yeah. Larry and his dad had, like, a special bond in the sense of, like, fixing things around the house, and they would, like, throw it in Michael's face. But I guess he also had a younger brother where they would just go out in the back and just basketball. It's like, you just did not want to lose. But he also brings up talking about the racism, I guess, in Wilmington, North Carolina, and that at the time it was so bad, and he saw that athletics, not just basketball – but athletics was his way of like getting out. And that's why I think it also just drove him to where he is the way he is. You know, you credit yeah. his family and his surroundings, which I mean, the guy, you know, I mean, you can't credit how his work ethic, you know, to get where he was at. So I, I don't know what you guys think.
0: Well, I was, I was listening to an interview with the director and he pretty much said like, um, you know, as far as his, his brother's concerned, like he said, like his brother's like his greatest competitor and he made, you know, he he fought so hard to be better than this guy that when he goes up against people in the NBA, like his brother made all those guys look easy. Wow. Because he spent he spent his whole life before sports, before the NBA, just trying to catch up to his brother to get his dad's affection. You know what I'm saying? Did,
1: yeah. I, you know, did Larry do anything? Did he go to college as far as basketball? Did Did he do anything? Or I don't. Or the other brother, I don't know if anyone. I didn't look it up. I mean, did you yeah, guys hear that know. his
3: his brothers are like? normal height and he's like the only one that's super yeah. tall.
0: Yeah, they're like 5'10 or something like that, aren't they? Isn't
2: his dad short too?
1: Or was short? Well, that, that's the thing about his height because that was why and it talks about him being cut his sophomore year in yeah, the basketball team because he was a point guard and just wasn't tall but when he came back, obviously his skills improved but they said he grew close to 5 inches yeah. but he still had the point guard like ability and so he just dominated after that.
3: Yeah. And then there was his freshman year. Erica, I remember you were saying like when did he get it? I remember they were showing it in episode one that he took the game winning shot and he made it. And after that, he felt like I can do this. And after yeah. that, he just went off.
0: Oh yeah, he was no longer Mike Jordan. He was yep. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Michael
1: Jordan.
2: <laughs> his so, royal heiress. <laughs>
1: this is this is what I found interesting. It talks about more things that like he went to a camp in North Carolina. Roy Williams is like, hey, this guy is going to be the best player in college next year when he's coming in. Um, but then it goes to his, it like transitions to his second season of his after his rookie year in the NBA, and he actually gets injured, and that was the first time he's ever missed a game, high school, college, or professional. So I think it like drove him nuts. It drove him nuts. So, so I think he went back to North Carolina, got approval from the Bulls to get his degree right, and basically like sort of secretly was like playing one on one, two. Then starts playing like five on five and this guy is like the face of the franchise. And I got to bring up that headache story. When he came back, when they found out he was doing it, it it is, I'm fine. And they were like, no, dude, you understand you are our future. The doctor said, well, it's a 10% chance if he plays again, you know, his career's done. They said, Michael, we gave you 10 pills. Nine of them would cure your headache, but one could kill you. He goes, would you do it? He goes, Depends on how bad the motherfucking headache is. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a typical response, you know. I was yeah. So, I, 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 I don't know. But uh, but going on, um, it starts uh, uh, going up against, like, games that were, like, relevant um, after that. But I guess they allowed him to play, which to me is completely bullshit, but they allowed him to play on just seven minutes. Did you guys see yeah. that? Yeah. But that was just in For the regular half, season, half. right? But he had vowed, like, like, hey.
4: Say that again? I thought it was 14 minutes.
3: I think it was like 14. I think it
2: was, it was seven,
1: seven and a half. What I mean, I mean, was it, seven and a half? Yeah, it's seven
4: seven, half
0: seven minutes per half.
4: Okay, and so
1: yeah. what he did is he said, put me in the most crucial yeah. seven minutes that you can, right? So I guess a game against Indiana, he wanted to, like, stay in, and the seven minutes was up, and the coach took him out and said, I'll lose my job if I keep you in. Now, luckily, John Paxson, I guess, hit a shot, but that put him in the playoffs. Here's what I call bullshit, though. So then they make the playoffs, and they're playing the Celtics, Right. Yeah. And they allow him, all right, the seven minutes is off. Now go ahead and play. To me, I'm like, they were trying to tank to get a draft pick, right? I mean, that's the way yeah. I look at it. And of I course. think that's where he developed his whole hatred for management. I mean, towards yeah. that, fuck you. Because if the seven minutes was relevant then, why is it not relevant now? They, they took the limits off and they said, go. And look the, look what he did. I have a statistic. Yeah. Game one against the Celtics, 49 points. Game two, 63 points. I think at the time, I haven't fact-checked if it's still a record, but that was the most points scored in a playoff game at that time.
3: And he didn't attempt 1-3. <laughs> that's,
1: that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. And he, hear me out if you guys can help me out. This is how good this guy was. I'm watching the highlights, and other than Charles Oakley, I don't know any of the guys on the team. And I thought, oh, okay, because it's 85, but but I know all of the Lakers you had, like Kameem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, you know, had J. Jan- all them, if you look at the Celtics, it was Danny Ainge, Larry Bird, Bill Wall. I mean, so he had nobody, and he's still putting up 63 points in these games. I thought it was amazing. And you see some highlights that were just the shit, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think.
3: Agreed.
2: Agreed. I just think, so,
1: that, uh, I
4: think it was amazing that he played uh, golf with Danny Ainge the night before, or yeah. the day before <laughs> game two, and then goes off for 63 points. That's just crazy. It's nuts.
1: He's getting so, into his head again. Oh. <laughs> so they, Kerwin brought it up, how they drafted Pippen. Allen then chimed in and said they also got Horace Grant. Um, another Jerry Krause trade, though, right after that, that next season, traded Charles Oakley for Bill Carr, They needed a big man. And that's kind of where they show, hey, here's where we're going. We're starting to develop this team around Jordan. It's not just like a franchise now. Um, but then it timelines right to 97 again, um, where Pippen's injury, and we go into the whole current state of the 97-98 season – and it basically shows the tension where was Pippin on a trading block? Krauss says everyone's tradable. You kind of see his stuff. And it talks about Pippen losing all respect for Jerry Krause at the time. And then we get into how it really got awkward in the back of the bus. There's comments being made to the front. I mean, if you're a player, yeah. I don't know what you do. I mean, I guess Phil even had to say we had to take him back and be like, dude, you got to like chill, you know? And I believe he also wanted to trade. Did you guys – see that he demanded a trade and yeah. others thought it was being selfish, but I think Pippin said, you know, I had to do what's best for him. And I believe that's kind of where the episode ends. I don't know if you guys have anything else about that situation.
0: Well, I mean, you can't, you cannot blame him for, for doing the things he did. Like, yes, he's in a, he's in a contract where he owes his time and his effort to the team and the organization, but, like, you have to think about this. Like, for, for nearly a decade, you've locked him into this shitty-ass contract. He's watching guys on his roster. What was he, like, six on the roster? Six.
1: Six paid, yeah. Yeah,
0: six highest paid on the roster, the second best player in the league. Like, I think in an interview, Charles Barkley said that when Jordan, re- like, retired for that those 18 months, Scottie Pippen was the best player in the league.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: you you let this man slide for, for seven years – like, of course, of course, he's going to do that shit to you. Like, what the fuck do you expect? Like, um, be surprised he didn't do it to you earlier. Yeah. Like, honestly, be surprised. I'm actually
2: surprised he didn't do it earlier.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, he didn't have the injury earlier, clearly, but, you know, be surprised he wasn't, you know, dishing practice or not showing up or throwing games even if if this was bothering him that much. And yes, he has some accountability in his own, you know, signing of that contract, but like like we said in the last episode, and like we're saying this episode, you know that owner just just
1: fucked him over. Owner yeah, fucked him over. And I don't think the documentary is really showing that. I think they're putting Jerry Krause as a scapegoat, but I think the owner too has something to do with it financially. Definitely is like a key element of this. But, but I, I feel like
2: that's the it. I feel like the Bulls' owner is super cheap. <laughs> he like let this outstanding yeah. roster go because he didn't want to pay him.
3: And look what happened after. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Alex.
1: Like, and he still like that <laughs> though. That's I'm the so thing. he still
2: like that. <laughs>
1: All right. Anyone else? Think we're good? I think we're good. I
2: think All we're right, good. episode
1: two, that's a wrap. Thanks guys.
0: All right, thanks, Mugs. Thanks.